All right. Don't you love that Be Exposed radio theme music? I think it's time to come up with uh, Living a Rich Life uh, theme music once again. So welcome to another week of Living a Rich Life. I am your host, Rich James. Here on the Living a Rich Life talk show, we inform, inspire, and encourage each other to live the principles of the Living a Rich Life network. Those principles are good health, strong relationships, financial freedom, goals and achievement, extraordinary experiences, and philanthropy. Today's guests are prime examples of individuals that are living a rich life. This week, we are focusing on extraordinary experiences. So with that being said, let's talk about it. We're going to get right into it. Today's first guest is one of the most persistent, consistent, and resourceful individuals I know. He is an avid cigar smoker and licensed tobacconist. We're going to talk about that. He is the owner of the renowned Cigar Bonner LLC. Please put your hands together and welcome the adventurous and fearless entrepreneur, Mr. Chico Suave. Welcome, 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 sir. Thank you, Rich. Thank you. That was, a, that was a great opening, man. That was awesome. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. No doubt. That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear on Be Exposed Radio. It's all about the well-being, um, you know, informing and inspiring folks and encouraging individuals. And that's how you made it on the show. So so how you been, man? It's been a while. I'm doing well. I'm doing well, you know, maintaining. I'm doing well, keeping it grounded, keeping it moving. Um. Staying above ground, staying above water, you know. All right, no, no doubt. So keeping it safe during, keeping it safe during these these uh trying times that we're going through, and hopefully we're coming out of it on the well, on the, the end of it. We're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with this uh, whole COVID uh, nineteen thing. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's let's get into it. First and foremost, can you give a quick overview of what you do professionally and why you do it? What I do professionally, well, like you said, I'm not a cigar smoker. I've been smoking cigars for about 24 years. You know, it was a passion of mine. It's just something I picked up, you know, amongst other people doing business and stuff. And um, what I do, I do, um, you know, do teachings. I do, uh, uh, you know, adequate training and stuff like that on cigar smoking. You know, I, I do um, pop-up shops, wine festivals, events, corporate events, golf tournaments. Um, you name it, it involves cigars outdoors, say a party and a good time. Um, you know, I do it. You know, I like to bring people together with the leaf. You know, the leaf we call it up, brothers and sisters of the leaf, we call ourselves that. So when we come together, you know, cigar smoking, we made from different paths of life, different nationalities, races, whatever it may be. But that cigar, when you're smoking it with that person, all that doesn't mean nothing. It's just that the enjoyment and the camaraderie that we share with each other of that leaf. You know, so I like I like making people happy. Okay. Person, making money in business. I like making people happy. I like making people have a good time. I like to see people have a good time because you know, we got one life we live and you know, we gotta live with our best. Absolutely, absolutely. So one of the questions that my team put together, um, what does Bana mean? B-A-N-N-A. What does that mean in your company name? I'm glad you asked me. So cigar bana. Bana is a West Indian term, mainly a Guyanese term. I'm from Guyana. I was born in South America guy into the West Indies. So Bana is a terminology for uh, my friend, my guy, my homeboy, you know, my buddy, you know, so cigars, 
with my buddies, cigars with my homeboys, cigar with my friends, or so cigar bana, you know. It's a it's a term of um, endearment and greeting when you're greeting someone. So bana. So like you my bana, Rich. Okay. okay. So I have cigars with my bana rich, you know? Ah, okay. So, so bana is a West Indian Guyanese slang term for like friend, um, you know, comrade and 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 homeboy and stuff like that, you know. So it's a it's a endearing term. So when I, when I was thinking my name, my company. I want to be something about my background being Guyanese, West Indian. I was like, could we always say, well, that's a good bono over there, you know? Oh, a good oh. guy, good friend, you know? So bono is a terminology that I like to call my native, uh, my cousins, my uh, native Guyanese people, you know? So I said, you know, why not incorporate that into my business? Okay. And, um, you know, that's where it started. That's where about it came from. Okay, yeah, well, so it's a long-term, it's a long-term slang that I took and I just incorporated it into my business because I wanted people to feel welcome when they're smoking cigars with me. They're smoking cigars, period. So cigar with friends, cigar bana. Okay. Now you mentioned uh, folks being welcome. So what do you find the most meaningful thing about about your work? And does it involve cigars or tobacco in any way? It sounds like it does. It it does in a sense because you know it's like I'll meet the my my favorite customers are the new customers. I've never smoked a cigar before. Can you tell me how? Can you show me how? Those are my favorite customers. And I don't call customers. They're my bottom. They're my friends. You know, and then they introduce, I introduce them to something new that they never tried. And that, to me, is a more uplifting, um, overwhelming experience rather than, say, making money because you gain a friend. And then he'll always say, oh, that guy gave me my first cigar. I, I'll be at events and parties. Parties you with that. And. You know, people be like, oh, that guy gave my first cigar, man. He's a good guy, you know. And, and, you know, to me, that's that's the meaning of life, you know, to have people, you know, and know people that care that you introduce them to something and they liked it and they're still doing it, you know. And it, to me, it's like, uh, it's, 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 it's a great icebreaker when you're at an event, you know. Okay. And somebody comes up and they want to learn how to smoke a cigar and, and a cigar. So one of your things is you educate them on that whole process and things like that. Yes. All right. So so let me ask you this. Tell describe your first experience with smoking a cigar. Wow. <laughs> you said you've been smoking for some time. Twenty-four right? years. Twenty-four, 24 years. years. Yeah. I was at a uh, a wedding and a buddy of mine, they were smoking cigars, and you know, I was young at the time, I was like early twenties. I didn't want to say my age, but uh <laughs> you know, I smoked it uh, and I enjoyed it. And I was like, this is cool. I can do this, you know. And I didn't think nothing of it. I was like, oh, I'm smoking a cigar. I'm just like doing what the locals were doing at this wedding. And um, I enjoyed it. So it's like, you know, a couple of days, weeks passed, you know. And then I went to another event. They were smoking cigars. So I, I got a cigar from, from um, where I was at. And I started smoking it. So I started liking it. So then I started getting more entwined in it. So visiting the local um cigar shops and, you know, just reading up on it and reading up on different brands and um, different pairings, blendings, what goes good with what. And then it just became like kind of like a, a, a hobby of mine, like a lifestyle. It was something like I, I liked because it was like uh, getting away. It was like, you know, getting away, sipping that glass of wine, watching the waves come in, basically. So that, that's, and I, I, it, 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 it took me, you know, it's not like I wanted to do it. It, it took me. It was like, I don't know if it was like something divine stuff or whatever but i liked it and it took me and it drew me more into it so that's why i just got so fascinated and developed the business behind it okay and now for those that don't know we we know how long have you had 
You know, how long you've been in business? How long has Cigar Habana? Cigar Habana's been in uh, business since 2016, September 19th. I started it on my, on my birthday on a trip to the Dominican Republic. I visited a couple um tobacco farms out there, and I got involved with a tobacco farm, and um, I asked the lady, very nice lady, I love her to death, still talk to her, and she's, we still do business together. She um said, uh, you know, I said, what, what would it take to create my own cigar, you know? So this was five years ago, and um, she's like, all you have to do is come up with the blending and pairing. So I worked with her and her husband side by side for that trip. It was my birthday trip for the week. So with two days, though, I'm there, you know, talking, discussing cigar business with them, and we came up with a blend. So if you can see, I'm smoking on here. It's a cigar bond. This is my, my actual blend. This is a natural. So I have uh, Maduro's and uh, flavor ones, too. So that's basically how Cigar Bond got started five years ago in Dominican Republic. September 19th. So I got my five-year anniversary oh, coming up. Nice, nice. For those that are just tuning in, um, listening, uh, this is Living a Rich Life here on Be Exposed Radio. And we are being inspired and informed by Chico Suave, Cigar Bana LLC. We're talking all about how we first got started, how long he's been in business, what gravitated him towards the whole cigar smoking life. So let's uh, keep this thing going here. Because Be Exposed Radio, that's what we do. We we expose our guests, make sure that they are informed, um, uh, and make sure folks that's watching and listening kind of learn something. So you mentioned, again, so you make your own cigars, right? right. What do you look for in a cigar? What do like, you know, our audience look for in a cigar? So you got to look for the um, the texture, the wrap, you know, um, if, it's a, if it's a smooth roll on it, you know, the smell even, you know. And it's like a lot of novice wouldn't know because a lot of novice uh, guys, guys and um, ladies that don't smoke cigars, they like a lot of sweet cigars. So it's hard to detect that. But you can feel the like, the wrap, the texture, the smell, you know, if it's hard or soft, you know. And that's basically what you look for in a cigar. You look for something that's well put together, you know. It, it's got to be nice and smooth, round. And you know, that's, that's basically what you look for, you know, because other than that, you're, you're probably smoking something other than, uh, natural tobacco leaf. Gotcha. So flavors and textures and how those right. things come together, that's what you should really be looking for. Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. Good, good to right. know. And, and then you develop you develop a preference, whether you like a, a medium body cigar, a, a infused cigar, a flavor cigar, or you like, uh, say, a stronger cigar, you know? And you just develop your palate over the years. Like me, I developed my palate over the years. You know? I go back and forth between uh, mild and full body. Like full body is like having age uh, bourbon or whiskey, something stronger. And I'll do something to milder, something milder that I could enjoy during the day or something like that without having to drink any anything like that. Or even just if I like, I just want something uh, smooth and mild to smoke. So is it safe to say that your taste for cigars has evolved over time? Oh, yeah, most definitely, yeah. Most, most cigar smokers, definitely their taste has evolved. So they're like me. They're kind of all over the place, so they'll have a different, like, you wake up one morning, like, mm, I feel like tasting this kind of cigar, or, or you're in the evening, you just got done eating, like, say, a, a, a nice porter house or something, you want a nice full-body cigar, nice glass, dark glass of vino, or a nice, you know, um, 20-year scotch or something, you know, so it's, uh, it depends on your palate, so we, we're all over the place as you develop your palate into smoking cigars, just like, you know, when you're drinking wine, or, or whatever your favorite drink is, or even your flavor of ice cream, you know, to say, because you get tired of eating vanilla. You go to mint chocolate chip. You come back to vanilla a little short. You know, just every, yeah. our, our palate changes 
on like a daily basis as well. You know, and it's so like you have a taste. So that's the similar comparison when it comes to cigars, right? It just, I guess, things in moderation and, and having, you know, you have a specific type. Because I, I will say the last time we, we, we were together, you, you gave me something different. And I do think I have a preference, but I will say each one of them was enjoyable. And that's what kind of really kind of gravitated me to say, hey, I want to get this guy on the show. He's very knowledgeable. Um, folks are always smoking cigars. That's that seems to be the, the the latest and greatest thing. And I don't know if, as I, I get older, but um, I always want to say you're always knowledgeable, you're always approachable, you're always friendly, and um, I, I do thank you for that. So I want to make sure our audience and viewers were aware of that to make no, sure they. Like you I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you know you know hanging out and 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 doing and enjoy doing what you do. I appreciate what you do for the city, you know, for the people around here, the entrepreneurs and the business owners as well. You know? Okay, let's keep this thing going here. So. Do you have, because you know you always hear about Cuban cigars, <laughs> right? What, what, are some of, what are some of the other cigars you have enjoyed over the years? And then I want to get your take on, you know, a, a Cuban cigar. I, I would be delighted to give you my take on that. But cigars I enjoy over the years, um, there's so many. Like, you know, like I, I have my own brand. I sell all the big box brands. But um, I started smoking Mac and Noodles Cafe Hive. About 20 years, 24 years ago. Um, Monte Cristos. But, you know, like I said, it depends. Sometimes I would like a full-body Padron, a real dark cigar, you know, Nicaraguan. So I like a lot of Nicaraguan leaves. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of Nicaraguan because the, the, the leaf just tastes a little stronger. You know, it's a little bit more potent, and it just got more robust, rustic taste to it, you know. So, <laughs> so the Nicaraguans, I favor a lot. But I also love Dominican cigars too, because my brand is it off of Dominican form. So it's a Dominican pure wrapper. You got the, the wrapper, the filler, and the binder of the cigar, that, well, com, the po- components of a cigar that puts the cigar together. You know, so you got the wrapper, the filler, and the binder. And so uh, on my brand, it's all Dominican pure. So some cigars you have like a, a Dominican filler and a, a Nicaraguan wrapper or, or, or opposite, you know, and right. that gives different flavors and different um, uh, taste to the cigar. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, earlier you mentioned some of the different events, you know, so your weddings, corporate events, I'll assume, of course, bachelor parties, birthday parties. Um, of these events, what is your favorite event to enjoy a cigar? A cigar. Okay. And why? Um, I like, um, I like doing the wine festivals and like, you know, uh, um, a wedding. I like doing the wedding because everybody's there to have a good time. You know, there's there's no judging. You know, there's it's you're there for two special people and enjoying whatever happens happens. You know, it's on video or it's on on photos and you talk about it after that day. You know what I mean? But I like weddings and I like doing like the wine festival because the wine festivals um I meet a lot of people, a lot of different people, different walks of life, and you know, and it's just uh. It, to me, like, I love meeting people. You know, I like to meet people when, I, when I'm in work mode. That's that's what I like to do. I like to meet people. So I would say, like, the wine festivals um, and the weddings, you know. But I love doing, like, my events at, at the local um, events that we do, rooftop events. You know, right. sometimes sometimes we'll do, um, you know, a pop-up uh, bourbon and cigar pairing. You know, so I, I can't pinpoint it, but when you say what my favorite ones are, would be probably the wine festival and weddings. But I love all the events I do because, you know, there's so much different people you meet and there's so much interaction going on and everyone's just here to have a good time. And that's that's what 
Cigar Barna is about, you know, bringing people together, friends, you know, and just having a good time and just like, you know, me and you met on the humble and, you know, it's like, yeah, you, we, you smoked a cigar a couple months back in the, in the summertime and shit, we smoked cigars, you know, facts. twice within this month or last month, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, right. so it was yeah, like, facts, you know, so facts. you know what I mean? So it just brings the camaraderie out and it just, it's kind of like, you know what? Life is short. Enjoy it, man. You know, don't judge. Don't hey, they do this, they do that. That's their business. Let them do it, man. If it makes them happy, makes them happy. Absolutely, Ab absolutely. So to me, it sounds like you know the perfect setting or environment. Generally, of course, outside, um, the summer yes. times. You know, and, and I think about even on the decks in the winter time. So it's an all season event, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, do you yeah. ever give cigars as gifts? I do, uh, but uh, certain uh, FDA laws now are regulating. I, I can't give out too many of them. But if I know you're a cigar smoker, you're smoking there, me, I wouldn't mind giving you a cigar yeah, there. But you know, certain laws is like you know, uh, at me being a, um, a retailer, I can't really be doing that. But I do oh. it sometimes. You know, to my friends, you know, my friends and my family, and um, you know, so that's what I do. That, that's 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 interesting. That's interesting that you mentioned that. So someone like myself who doesn't really have well doesn't have a retail business of actually selling uh tobacco product if i go away i can buy a cigar buy some cigars and i can just give them as gifts no problem yeah to your friend, as right. a business owner you have to abide by certain laws now yep tobacco laws yeah they're very strict on it because like even like sometimes like the reps that i deal with they used to be able to give us samples so now them there was a point where they couldn't give you nothing at all because of, of the FDA cracking down on tobacco usage and, and all this other um, red tape that, that, that was in politics got too involved in the cigar industry. So right now we're still fighting with that. And um, with the um, CRA, you know, Cigar Rights of America, it's a, it's a big uh, a big group. It's led by a couple of um, uh, head honchos in the cigar business. And, um, they're fighting for our rights to um, be able to smoke freely and do what you want because they're, you know, it's it's a lot of politics behind it. Uh, so, yeah, that's that that's interesting. I learned I learned something new there. So you definitely informed our audience about that because I I didn't know about it. And I'm sure other folks didn't know about it, and I know folks probably like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get a cigar and some gifts, but that's that's interesting. Thanks thanks for sharing that. Right now, now you mentioned you talked about um, you know the, the whole cigar culture, and you mentioned friends or even individuals that don't. You know they're not cigar smokers, right? So right, they don't, don't understand partake, right? The, the, the the culture. You know what I mean? What what key points do you explain to them to try to make them understand the cigar culture? I, I tell them, look, it's not for everybody. It's something you want to try, give it a try. If you don't like it, you don't got to do it again. You know, <laughs> that's what it is. You know, I, no gun to your head, no nothing like that. You know, nobody's gonna shame you for not liking cigars. You know, it's it's something you try. If you you try and you like it, and you Maybe you want to do it again the next day or the next month. That's good. You know, that's fine. At least you tried it, you know. And to me, don't knock it until you try it, you know. And it's uh, like to me, cigars rolling, I don't have to convince people to smoke cigars. You know, it's, <laughs> right. like, it's, like, a, it's like a Porsche. You want a Porsche, you're going to buy a Porsche. You know what I'm saying? You want a cigar, you're gonna, but if you want to know about it, you want to, hey, what's this one? What's that? Oh, sure, I'm going to tell you and you pick what you like, you know. I want to, okay, I want the, uh, the cherry one. I want the chocolate one. Okay, no, I want something without flavor, something natural, so I can taste the, 
the uh, intensity of the of the leaf. Because remember, tobacco leaf, there's no chemicals in it. You know, it's distilled in it and see the house roasted in the hot sun. You know, and then they 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 spray distilled water, and when it's ready, it's seasoned, it's aged. That's when they they go to the factories to roll. Nice, educating it's, it's, us, educating. Our guest here on Living the Rich Life Talk Show. We love it. We're talking to Chico Suave, Cigar Bonner LLC, and talking all things smoke, all things right. smoke. So what, what are creative ways that, you know, someone like yourself, a cigar aficionados, can incorporate cigar smoking into a business setting? Because I remember you mentioned that. How can folks incorporate smokes and smoking cigars into a business setting? Is that even a thing? It depends on like you know what what business you have in mind. You know if it's uh, I'm I'll say uh, uh, you have a wine business, you have a, a bourbon business. You know that group liquor, alcohol, and cigars go well together. You know libations go well with it. You know so it depends on the business. You know a lot of business deals are done after after they've done smoke the cigar. You know mm-hmm. you know it, it, you know so cigar has been around for over a hundred years now. You know so over well beyond that and you know that's where all these great business was established men getting together talking smoking cigars shooting the shit and then like so you know they came up with this brilliant plan to open this you know masses of economy of a business you know what i mean so it's it, it, it's a it's a thing that uh like i said brings people together and it, it uh i think it's like, like kind of like a thinking type thing you know it's like when people get there they think they think about different stuff in their life different conversations different business plans and it gives you a time and you meet somebody that can share with you what you're thinking and likewise. Right. So Let's ask, let me ask you this question. So, you know, because I've seen more and more um, women smoking cigars. Um, and, and, you know, and to me, I see a woman smoking a cigarette and it turns me off. But I see a woman smoking a cigar and it, it, it's, it's a little something different. <laughs> is, is that really a is that really a thing or am I just it's tripping? definitely a thing you know uh shout out to all my sisters of the leaf man uh, keep doing what you're doing uh everyone uh, all the all the females out here smoking cigars shout out to you guys because you know what you're, you're taking the culture to the next level they used to call this a uh, a good old boy hot you know what I mean mm-hmm. but now you know us we've kind of like incorporated into our lifestyle and now the men were doing it now the women are more involved so I love to see when women you know, uh, take on smoking cigars, and you know, and they know about it. a lot of women are very knowledgeable. Like I would say, about seventy percent of my customers are women. Wow. You know, I don't know because I'm Chico Suave, but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I love them all. All the sisters that leave, big shout out to you guys, and um, keep doing what you're doing. And it's, the thing is, it's like you know, it, and it's not, and they're not, they're not like say, okay, if the men can do, it, we can do it. No, it's nothing like that. It's right. just that you know what. You know, it's equal for everyone to, to enjoy what they want to do. You know, they tried it, they like it, and they're going to continue doing it. Why Why not appeal to it? You know, they bring – I don't want to be in a cigar lounge with 40 dudes in there. Well, after a while, conversation gets boring. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, what right. else are we talking about for an hour, two hours? You know, they, you know, you have beautiful women in their hair cigars. You know, they're engaging. You know, then you're, you're exchanging opinions and you're exchanging – you know, it brings people together. You know, you'll have a group of men and women start talking about something. The women's got their opinion. The men's got their opinion. And, you know, and then you get involved. So I love when I see women out smoking cigars and, and involved in the cigar community. 
Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's definitely something I, I often think about, you know, the cigars, because you first have, you know, women were the wine drinkers. Right. That's kind of. But now I see more men drinking wine, you know. So it's, it's I, again, I think it's about just being around good folks, having a good time and right. indulging in those uh, those libations, whatever that looks like. And, and again, like you said, connecting, because, as you know, I am also the network concierge. So. There's that combination of, of things there. So I, I, I enjoy that when I'm out there smoking a, a cigar with you. And I still got a few that I haven't, uh, that I haven't smoked from the last time. So, you know, I'm, I'm big on support. Right, hey, we got to get together, man, anytime, man. Hey, like, um, you was asking me about uh, Cubans. Yes. I didn't get any like, So Cuban cigars, uh, this is like uh, one of them conversations that will start a heated debate in a cigar lounge. I've got, I've, I've, have friends that strictly smoke Cuban cigars, right? They live by, I'm like, how do you know it's an official Cuban cigar? What makes that cigar good? It's Cuban. Okay. Doesn't really answer. <laughs> the only the reason you like a Cuban cigar is because they don't retail to the U.S. Why? Because of the embargo. Because when they had the embargo back in the day, we stopped trading with Cuba. We don't trade with Cuba. So we don't, you go to Canada, you go to Europe, you go to China, Russia, wherever. They have Cuban cigars surplus. We don't get them. So it's rare to have. So a lot of guys, you know, they, they like spending $40, $50 a cigar for a stick. But is, you know, is it, let me ask, so let me ask, is it because it's rare or is it just better? Not better. Supply and Not demand. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Okay. So when they embarked with them, so Monte Cristo, big cigar back in, back in the early 60s. When the embargo hit, they moved their farms to the Dominican Republic. So they took the Cuban seeds, planted them in the Dominican Republic. So we got Monte Cristos, which was a uh, Cuban cigar, but I love Dominican Cristos because the, the dirt, the way it's grown, the way it, the sun hits it. To me, most Cuban cigars we have in smoke are very mild. Okay. You know, so I like the little, sometimes I like those stronger cigars. After a while, you smell it's the same, same uh, uh, no complexity, nothing. You know, it's, it's the same thing to me. That's to me. I'm not going to do Cuban cigars. Go right in here. Spend your money, do what you got to do. But make sure they're efficient. Cuban cigars are the most knockoff cigars in the world. So a lot of people go to Jamaica, Dominican Republic, uh, the islands, or whatever. They come back with Cohiba. It's a lot of bootleg stuff. It's wrapped up banana leaves. <laughs> and they're thinking they got a deal. No, it's no, banana because the, the locals they would wrap banana leaves, tax a nice bootlegger or label, a print on it, and they'll, and they'll ship, ship it to you. And I mean, they'll give it to you, and you'll pay. You know, a hundred dollars. Like, yeah, I got a box of tea for hundred dollars. There's no such thing as a box of tea for hundred dollars. There's no such thing. You didn't get a deal from the bellhop or the concierge because they're in on it too. So if, if, if you have, you have overseas, go to a tobacco shop. Okay. No, go to a shop. Don't go to your cab driver or, or the bag boy. No, go to a shop to get a fish and cheese cigar. If not, you're getting four sweepings or banana leaves. Gotcha, gotcha. That's, that's my, my, my thing I've got for people that love fish and cheese cigars and think they're the best in the world. You, know, you just got to watch that. It's kind of an uh, uh, image. Because you see Michael Jordan smoking a, a, a Cuban cigar, I won't smoke. I won't be like Mike. 
Like little Jay Wood, greatest basketball player in the world. You can't dunk, you can't dribble a basketball. He smoked, okay, well, I can smoke a cigar like him. Okay, so all right, so that's 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 your cut of his cake. You know what I'm saying? But you know, it is what it is. To each his own, and um, I don't fault nobody for for that. But you know, school yourself, learn learn more about cigars. Don't be so uh, bent about oh, Cuban cigars are the best because they're. Don't not. be so quick to jump on the on the bandwagon, right? Bang. Yes. Gotcha. 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 So cigars. We talked a little bit on the wine and how to, you know, and drinks and mixing those up. I want to get your thoughts, your perspective on, you know what I'm going to say? Hookahs. Hookahs. Okay. <laughs> Is that so like that, your that's, that's an ongoing fight right now with the cigar community and hookahs. So a lot of people try to say, okay, hookahs are better than cigars. Okay. No. In your opinion, in your opinion maybe. Shisha is a, is a wet tobacco. It's chemically enhanced. It goes into your lungs. You're, a lot of people breathe in hookah. You know, oh, it's vapes. No, you still could get secondhand smoke with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's still smoke. It's still tobacco in the air. You know, you're blowing out. So to me, I'm not a, 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 a hookah smoker. I've smoked hookah, but I, I don't knock you. But to me, like a lot of women like it because they think it's cool. You know, it's uh, it's the rich life thing to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the, it's the greatest and greatest. We know that's, yeah. that's the world. So we're to me, I'd rather smoke a cigar than a hookah. But you know, to me, hookahs. I'm not gonna say that they're not good for you, but you know, just be careful when you smoke hookahs because you know sometimes the utensils that you're doing at these these hookah lounges they don't clean their their hoses, the whole filtration system they have. Yeah, mm. careful with that. To me, so shisha. To me, I'm not drawn to it, but you know, I have smoking it. But it, it, it is what it is. If you like it, you like it. But just be careful what you do, you know. And just you know, it, it, anything you put into your body is going to be harmful. So if you don't put something harmful in your body, put something of quality into your body. Whatever you're drinking, wine, whiskey, smoking a cigar, put something of quality, you know. To me, cigars got low nicotine content. It's not addictive. I could go a week without smoking a cigar. I could go two weeks without smoking cigars if I want. You know, it's not addictive, you know. And, it, and some people, you know, they like to smoke every day. That's their thing. But to me, I, I'm not the guy that likes to be out, oh, I'm smoking a cigar here, I'm smoking a cigar there. You know, I smoke when I feel like it, you know? And, like, I, to me, I think people should do stuff when they feel like it, not because they think they have to or they need it, you know? Oh, it's so, the latest and greatest. Exactly. It's, it's not a fad for me. Like I said, I've been doing it for 24 years. If social media was around 24 years ago, the freaking cigars you've seen that I've had was ridiculous. I probably smoked. Over a million cigars, maybe I don't know. I'm maybe I'm, I'm <laughs> exaggerating, but I've I've smoked uh, thousands of different brands of cigars out there. I, I love I love your energy, Chico. I love your energy. So so uh, let me ask you this question: Have you ever thought about? I know you do pop ups. I know you do events. Have you ever thought about um, an actual storefront? I know there's a lot <laughs> of costs, right? But you're reading my mind. <laughs> well, that could be the some of the I, things. Ah, you know, it's something in the mix right now. You know, I'm looking. I love what I do. The pop ups and stuff, the events that I'm doing, I love it. You know, because like I said, you meet different people, and um, I'm developing a clientele. Right. You know, so when I do open this, uh, for say store, shop, lounge, I have a clientele that I can rely on. So yeah, I I've, I've thought about it in the future. You know, upcoming months or so, maybe. You know, I, you you will be the first to know. <laughs> you would be at the grand opening. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're there. Yeah, so yes, I have. To, it's, it's, uh, I'm on my five year itch right now of of, of uh, cigar bomber. So the next the next uh, move would be a brick and mortar. 
Yes. Okay. Okay. So yes, definitely. That's your question in a nutshell. And to everybody that's been asking me, whoever's watching me, yes, cigar bond or brick and mortar shop is going to be coming soon to somebody's neighborhood. I just hope I don't uh, step on nobody's toes, but uh, it is what it is. There's enough. There's enough people out here for us to surplus everybody. You know. So Absolutely. It's, uh, as as I like to say, win win. But y'all heard it here first. Living a rich life talk show. BeExposedRadio.com. We're going to cover the grand opening of Cigar Bana when it becomes a, a brick and mortar. Whatever happens, we're covering it. So y'all keep that in mind. We're going to hold Chico to that. Oh, so, definitely. Yes, yes, yes. I want y'all to hold me to it, please. Because you know what? The best thing that we need as entrepreneurs, business owners, is motivation. The motivation absolutely. we get is from our peers. And our peers, they uplift us. Sometimes they bring us down. But you know I like the ones that uplift us. I like the ones with the constructive criticism. I like the ones that offer opinions. So, yes, hold me to it and, and offer your opinion and offer your, your view on it. Please, I welcome you. Absolutely. There's two questions that we always ask here on Living a Rich Life. Um, and this first question I'll ask now, I'll ask the other one a little later. What is your superpower? We've heard a lot of different things. You've had a lot <laughs> of different conversations. You mentioned quite a few things. But tell us, Chico Suave, what is your superpower? My superpower, uh, superpower, love. I love everybody, man. You know, to me, it's like, to me, love and um, conversating, you know, because you, first, if you don't talk to someone, you would know nothing about them. You know what I'm saying? And secondary, if you talk to them, you find something you might love about this person. Not say love intimately, but love like, like you share common interests, you know? So I would say conversation and love because I like to conversate, you know, I like to, to meet people. I like to um to bring people together. I love bringing people together. You know, even if I'm not making money all of it, I bring people together. And to me, that's like, um, it's, it's a fulfilling feeling to me because, you know, at this point in my life, I like to see people getting along and doing things together, constructively, yeah. business-wise, whatever it may be. You know, so I would say, um, love and communication, mainly love, like love, lo love, you know, to me, I spell love, L-U-V, reason why, one love, always, everybody say, oh, wait, what's one love, one love means, okay, love, love is short, love is simple, keep it simple, L-O-V-E, I like L-U-V, because I like to keep it simple, no, no you know, doubt. it's meaningful to me, so there's only one love, you know, the one love that I offer you is the one love that you're going to get from me, you know, it depends on how you come at me. Nice. That's what's up. So with that being said, let's tell folks how, you know, how our viewers can stay in touch with you. If they want to sample some cigars, if they want to know where you at to purchase cigars, whatever it is, tell us how can viewers stay in touch with you. You can reach me out on uh, IG, Chico Suave One Love, um, Facebook, Chico Suave. You can reach me out on my email, cigarbana at gmail.com. Uh, you can call me, text me, 410-963-6136. You know, whatever questions you have, you want to make an order, place an order, you know, cigarbonnet.com website, up and running soon. So um, there's many ways to, to reach out to me. So social media has been good to me. So you can reach out to me, like I said, Facebook or Instagram. And I look up Cigar Bonner, my, my face will pop up somewhere in there. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, so we, we see a lot of things happening. Um, you know, you mentioned about, again, the brick and mortar. So what, what else is next for, for Chico Suave and Cigar Bonner? 
Tell us what what else is next. Where's the next oh. event? Tell us about some of your events that. Oh, you okay. Oh, that's shit. That's no brainer. So let's see. We got a well. Every Friday nights we do breathe. Um, at the at the Marriott, eight hundred Wolf Street. Me, DJ Tom, Xavier Watts, Smalley. You know, so it's a great vibe. Outside party. You know, COVID friendly. Where you know, and we're under the guidelines of COVID. You know, it's outside party. You know, cigars. I'm I'm proprietor in cigars and everything. You know, DJ Tom's. If you're familiar with Tom's and. DJ Smalley for the Caribbean vibe. So it's every Friday now? Every Friday. Every Friday night. From? From 6 to 11. 800 Wool Street. It's the Marriott Inn uh, down down by uh, Johns Hopkins if you're in the Baltimore area. Okay. And then uh, Sunday, we got Sensational Sunday. I'll be at Sensational Sundays this Sunday with Kevin Barney and friends at Safari, um, Safari Lounge over at O'Donnell Street. So that's Sensational Sunday. Then we got the, my big brother Tom's birthday coming up uh, in June, so look for that. That's coming up. We got Sunchella coming up May May twenty third at uh, Safari Lounge. So there's a lot of different different flyers I'm on, you know. Sunchella, Sunchella, yes. Let me say, I I went to that. I don't there will be yes. Oh my goodness, that was you was my guest. Yes, yes, yes. That was a beautiful look. I appreciate you for that invite. We sat down. We we chopped it up. Okay. I, I never posted the pictures. My folks always tell me I'm slow with pictures. I'll be sure to put those up. Um, hey, that you're was not like, the only one. I'm like that too. <laughs> that I, was I, I go to my phone like, damn, I, I did this last week. I was like, if I posted, be like, oh, when you did this, I was like, it was last week. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I, it's it's never easy. Never easy. No doubt. Um, so definitely, thank thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that information. So folks watching, tuning in, talking with Chico Suave, Cigar Bana LLC. We're talking cigars, we're talking flavors, we're talking texture. Um, you know how to get a hold of him. Uh, Instagram at Chico Suave One Love. You can find him on Facebook. He has a, uh, a website is coming up, right? Because you don't have a website right now, but you're working on that. Cigarbana.com. Okay, okay. Yeah. So sound like he's getting some things in the works. Um how else is there is there anything else, you know, uh, uh tell us. One thing that you haven't mentioned yet that you like everyone to know about your love for cigars. My love for cigars that nobody knows. Um, I think everybody pretty much knows. My love for cigars, like, you know, started a, a while back. And, you know, I never developed, I never imagined it being this, um, this good to me. You know, it was a passion. You know, like I always tell my son, I have a son, young son, he's graduating this year. From Poly High School, he's gonna be attending Morgan in uh, in the fall. So I'm proud of him. And he, he, he helped me push push through this a lot. So my love for cigars was just like, you know, it's it was a passion that to me and it, it, it opened my eyes because you know, I worked 22 years for someone else prior to my cigar business, and um I worked for them, you know. So working for yourself, I developed a passion because I loved it. Love smoking cigars, but I made it a business. And I'm never going to take the love for it away. I'm never going to look business first over the love for it because this is my passion. So that, that's how I feel about cigars. That's what a lot of people don't know. This is, this is not money to me. It's, it's my passion. Facts. You know, if, if I talk to you about a cigar and you don't buy a cigar and walk away, at least you walked away with some information. Absolutely. Maybe next time you see me be like, hey, I tried this cigar, you know, and, and then, oh, hey, okay, I got one for you, okay? 
Yeah, but most folks usually buy cigars. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 they do. Uh, hey, when you got but, to get, no, hey, I'm from, I'm, I understand. I'm, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, baby. I grew up. I, I grew up hustling. I grew up. You know, I grew up. Uh, I grew up hustling, man. Like most of us out here, I grew up hustling. You gotta have a gift to gab, especially when you're selling something and when you want to push yourself. You want to sell yourself. If you can't sell yourself, you can't sell nothing. And and I I will say I think again for for me. It wasn't so much the cigar. One, you were definitely knowledgeable of, of your product, but it was more so you as an individual that I said, okay, I, I, I can rock with this guy. I, I'm going to listen. And, and people say that, right? You, you buy into the individual. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I've and, made a lot of friends like that. Yeah, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm sold. The cigar is just an added benefit, and you're doing something passionate, so you, you're getting paid off of something that you enjoy doing. So that's a plus. It's a win-win. Right. Hey, that's 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 the thing in life, man. Like I say, enjoy life, live it to live it to the fullest. You know, don't rather die, die hard, but live it, live it in moderation and enjoy yourself and do things in moderation. You know, because we lo- we losing a lot of people nowadays. And to me, like life is is a gift that we have. You know, my father, God bless, him, he passed away about twenty six years ago. He said, "To live, you may; to die, you must." Mm. And that, as a youngster, he told me that problem. I was about nine years old, and it stuck in my mind. I don't know why it, it stuck in my mind when I was that young, but the, the live you may, the die you must. So basically, he was telling me, live his life, because he lived his life, he died at a young age. So I'm I'm kind of like uh, catching the wind from that, you know? It's no under doubt. myself. No doubt. So the last question that I asked my guests, which is pretty much in the name in itself, what does living a rich life mean to you? Living a rich life, I, I'm glad you asked that. Because when you say living a rich life, a lot of people oh, say, oh, you think you fancy or whatever. No, living a rich life means living your life to the fullest, to, to your expectations. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can live a rich life and, and, and drive a Pinto, but that's your life. You know what I mean? You can live a rich life and, and work at Walmart or, or wherever it is. You know, that's a but as long as you're content and you're happy within yourself, None of that matters. All that materialistic stuff don't mean shit, you know? And it's, to me, living a rich life is taking care of your family, having friends that love you, family that love you, and, you know, and taking care of yourself and staying upkeep with your health, you know, with your, um, your, your, your income, your household, your bills. You know what? That's what really going living a rich life to me is, is being well, being well, meaning well up here mentally. Cause right now there's a lot of mental illness. This is uh, mental illness. Uh, uh, illness Awareness Month, whatever. You know, mental illness is a thing out there. There's a lot of people walking around with smiles on their face, but they're hurting and being eaten up on the inside because they don't have a venue to express themselves. So to me, living a rich life is being well mentally, physically, and, you know, whatever you do, do it, do it the best you can. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you go to sleep at night, you close your eyes, nobody ain't there to tell you what to do, you know. And what you eat may not make somebody else, you know, Shit, basically, you know, so that's what it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Chica, I want to thank you for joining. It's been a pleasure. There's never enough time, but I thank you for sharing. I appreciate um, you, Rich. There was one question that was asked by a viewer. Is there menthol in cigars? And if so, how will that affect business if Biden bans it? No, no menthol in cigars. I, not that I've heard of. There's no menthol in cigars. To me, because so, I said, plus said cigars, menthol is a chemical that's added to... Uh, for an addiction purpose. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so when people, yeah, so that's basically what it is. All right. Well, Chico, I'll talk to you soon. We have some Definitely. events 
that you are um, going to be a part of. So one Friday of the at the rooftop, Marriott. Sunday at uh, Safari Lounge. Uh, so say Sundays. You got Sunshella coming up May 23rd at Safari Lounge. DJ Tons, you know. So, but Friday, check me out. DJ Tons. April, uh, April. God bless April. Oh, she's getting recovery and uh, she's doing a good, speedy recovery. Love her. April right. Watts and uh, Smalley. No, sir, I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for uh, sharing your story. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate it. One love, baby. So God, one love, baby. Coming at you. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, we're going to keep this thing going, um, folks. We're going to keep this going. Our second guest. Um, you know, this he's this guy is appearing for the second time here on B uh BexposedRadio.com. First time he we had record him in the studio, second appearance on Living a Rich Life Talk Show. He is the author of Power of the Seed, um, co-author, has uh some some writings in Soulful Prayers. He's also the co-author of Soulful Affirmations. He was the life coach of the month. Uh, March 2021 uh, for the, the School of Arkansas, recently completed yet another book, My Next Season, one which I, I don't have just yet, but uh, y'all know anyone, if you've been on my show, I take the liberty of uh, copying your, your, your stuff before you get on so I can read it. Please welcome the talented, gifted, motivational speaker and certified life coach and prolific writer, Dr. Eric L. Holmes, appearing twice here on Living a Rich Life talk show. Dr. Holmes, are you there? I'm good. What's up, Reg? Reg, what's up, my bro? I'm here, man. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. You're looking spiffy there, guy. Man, thank you. My foot is in pain at lunchtime. I feel like I sprained my foot. And I'm like, what the world? But all is good. I'm good, man. All is good. All is well. That's that's what I like to hear. Yo, let's get right into it because I mean you have so much going on. Um, and I could have just kept on going and going and going on your introduction because you've been to you've been out of the country speaking, you've been in Pennsylvania speaking, you know, you're just doing a whole lot of stuff. And and you know, even during this time, which things are getting back together, but let's let's get right into it. I think the latest and greatest thing, again, the motivational speaking that you've been doing and and subbing for folks that you just got so much going on. And I, I appreciate you sharing. Yes, exactly. What I want to see is that March. What up, man? That March. Um, no, boy, get the fuck out. Are you serious? What? Is that, is that my old guest? All right, Monty, get rid of Chico. <laughs> so, so tell us, Dr. Holmes, where do you get your ideas when it comes to writing? Um, always through prayer and whatever God gives me, I flow and move with it. And that's that simple. It, it, it really is. A lot of times we can make it hard, but I know everybody is different. But for me, um, it's always in prayer or always in those late nights when I'm like up or my prayer times. Uh, he always gives me something or in the middle of the night. And uh, what I do is I just write it down. Nice, nice. Now we're gonna we're gonna get in because we have some catching up to do. Um, I have with me those that are just tuning in. This is the first one that Dr. Holmes blessed blessed me with, and I think I'm sure if it's your very first one, but 
The power of the seed. I've read this twice, y'all. I've read it twice. It is good from front to back. It is inspiring and definitely encourage you to get, get this. If you haven't gotten it yet, power of the seed. Um, but now let's talk about some of your other writings since we last talked. Um, Soulful Prayers, chapter or, or page 29. Mm-hmm. Another one that, again, personal finances. Now, living a rich life is about, you know, our principle number five, financial freedom, right? So tell us what was your thoughts behind when you were asked to be a part of this project, Soulful Prayers? Uh, one, um, to the visionary, Ms. Shirokolo Williamson. Um, one, this was, I say to all these books, they're not just books, they're divine assignments. Birthed mm. out of prayer, uh, we connected in the spirit. And when asked to be um, in this soulful prayer, um, of course, it was through prayer. And when God gave me the chapter, it's amazing because I was dealing with personal finance, yet he gives me to write on personal finance, but yet how to come through it to be able to help somebody else. And it was amazing because I literally wrote that in between uh, positions, in between a wilderness and a promise. And it was so amazing because I literally did it at the library. Mm, and that's that's deep. And again, I've read this piece here a couple of times because, again, financial freedom is one of the principles of living a rich life. And I struggled myself with my own demons and, and when it comes to personal finances. And that really um, helped get me through as well as several other things. So, you know, as a writer, tell us what advice do you have for, for other writers? Uh, one of the advice is, one, for me, it always starts with prayer or if you journal, if you write down, if you got a vision board, a goal board, um, it starts there. But then you got to do the research and then you got to put in the work because a lot of people see the now, but there's work that you have to go through in order to get the finished product. And a lot of times people don't do the research uh, they don't do the homework and then they don't want to put in the work. But then you also got to have someone who's already where you're trying to go, but has your best interest at heart. Right, right. Good, excellent advice. We are talking to Dr. Eric Holmes. Hey, wait a minute, I got to say it. Dr. Eric L. Holmes, because that's what all the, the, the signatures are on, on the book. So we're going to make sure we get it, we get it right. Now, does writing energize or or exhaust you because you know i can tell you some days radio it it exhausts me (laughs) but some days it energizes me so tell us what what does this writing do for you it energizes me only because it's a passion and Mm -hmm. when i even teach in life coach school of arkansas there's a difference between passion and purpose one will drain you and one won't and when you have a passion to do what you do it's not going to drain you But not only that, it gives me that joy. It gives me that enthusiasm. It gives me something to look forward to. And and a lot of times they say if people are stressed, whatever that passion is going to release, whatever that is that you might be dealing with and writing because you're putting your thoughts. You really are expressing how you feel or whatever it might be that you're dealing with that you may can't talk it out, but you can write it out. Nice, nice, nice. Now, you mentioned something there, but I want to get into this new book, My Next Season. First, I, I don't know, I don't know if you can see it, but. 
Oh, yes, 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 we can. So how do you come up with, with your name? I mean, the power of the seed, my next season. I, I, I mean, I love it. Tell us about the next season. What led you to um, putting that together? Um, that's, of course, as always, birthed out of prayer. But it's so amazing. Here's the significant about my next season is due season. When God gave me the power of the seed, he literally gave me my next season is due season, which I didn't know, which happened five years later. Mm. And while he gave me that, when I began to do the power of the seed, when he said, put it in the book, this was it, the power of the seed. And I have a tree in my yard that had changed colors. He said, your season just changed. Your season just changed. And it's about 545 in the morning, but not knowing that five years later, the tree changed again, but yet and still he actually gave me my next season is due season. And so this one really kind of ties in um, to the power of the seed, but yet gives you a deeper uh, understanding of the process and preparation of dealing with one season to the next and how we cannot skip the seasons, how we cannot, we've got to endure one season to get to the next. And so if I'm in spring, which we technically are now, yet it feels like summer today, but yet we experience another season yesterday, the day before we experienced, we experienced all of these seasons, but yet we are still in spring. Right. And so what do you do? It helps you to understand that even when I'm in spring, yet winter's trying to hold on, but I'm still in this spring season. I got to endure this season to get to the summer season, no matter what happens in between. And so it helps you to understand process and preparation because to everything, there's process, there's preparation, and we are trying to skip the process. So it's going to help you to understand all of the dynamics of going through the, the process and the preparation and how to recognize the different seasons and that you have these different seasons and you got to prepare. Okay. I, I like that response. So one of the things I heard you mention, right. You know, and which is a question that my team put together, do you want each book to stand on its own? Or are you trying to build a body of work with connections between each book and it sounds like there is a connection between the body, uh, the power of the seed, and then the next season. So can we look to another season? <laughs> actually, here it is. But while I'm actually working on another book, which it is, it is, is, they stand on their own, yet they tie in. There's a divine connection. Because all of them is going to, one, point you back to dealing with process, dealing with preparation, dealing with understanding that I have to go through all of this to get the harvest. I have to go through all of this to get to my season, to get through all of this that I got to plant. So, and it, and it helps you from the natural and spiritual aspect. So it, it, it's a collaboration and a divine connection of all of them yet. They stand on their own because one is going to reach an audience that the power of the seed may not reach. So who is my target audience? Anybody needs all of this, but yet and still I'm tapping into different audience yet trying to reach the global. Mm, nice. Well, well said. I, I always enjoy talking to you, Eric, uh, Dr. Holmes. Oh, you, you we listen. That, that's fine. You already know. <laughs> facts, facts, facts. So you already got the, the, the thought in mind. For another, let me say, do, do you have any unpublished, half-finished books? Yes, I actually have 27 pages left uh, to finish what is called How to Handle Patient and Endurance. 
See, he said, I, I, I knew it. I said, that mind is always working. He probably got something out there that ain't, they ain't finished. Or, or, or just working on something. Just and then I'm part something. of a global book that will be coming out dealing with the the youth and leadership of the next generation and how to allow them to know, are they a leader and how to direct them? So that's part of a global book. So I've already submitted that and look forward to that. So I'm excited about that. But mine um, mine will be finished because I said I'm this month, I'm going to finish the rest of them 27 pages and so because I want it done and when you have a goal or you're trying to you have a goal and an objective, you got to just get it done. Execute, execute. execute. So you already know. So the, the, my next season, we have to connect so that I can get my uh, my signed copies. Right. My signed copies. You know how I do. Uh, you as well as some of my other guests that come on the show. They, again, because, you know, I like to be prepared and, and I like to read ahead and all that good stuff. So it's not just. It's just not a up on the bookshelf. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can tell you that. Um, so, what's the best way you find to market your books? What, what's the best way? And then tell folks how they can get hold of your books. So, what's the best way to market your books that you find? One, definitely all of social media, and you have to tap into all of those arenas and try to reach each audience. And a lot of people, even that may not be. Uh, social media or tech savvy, you got to be able to tap into them. So tell them, go to the library. Uh, Not only that, word of mouth. Uh, Of course, when I was doing radio, radio, uh, lives, you got to tap into each market that you can find somebody and not leave nobody out. Because one of the things is I was at a, a event and it was an individual, which I already tapped into it and been making connections. I'm going to get it in audio and then in Spanish because they said to me, I need this in X, Y, Z. And I said, thank you for that, because I don't want to miss a market that I could tap into. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, with my next season, what what did you edit out of that book that just was like, hey, because we know how to process when it comes to writing, Right. So you start writing, you start writing, then you read, you read. Tell us something that you edited out of that book that you just, you know, just said, no, nah, this is not a good place for it. Maybe later or just totally. Is, it wasn't really, it wasn't really too much because I was really strategic in prayer and carefully as okay. he was giving it. Other than words that make sure uh, when my little sister Monet was making sure the wording, the sentences, making sure just some of the things had to just be moved far as wording. But far as a lot of it, it wasn't too much because as he was giving it, as I wrote it, you know, because one of the things I am so uh, key to is that when he gives it to me, because I was with another company that wanted to kind of mix it. And one thing I said to them, there's nothing wrong with you helping to make sure it's in sync. But one thing I can't deviate is what he gives me. Because if he gives me what he gave me in here, like just a few of the things saying, recognizing the process of preparation, God's process of preparation, developing the right posture, cultivating your waiting season, avoiding anxiety while waiting on the manifestation of your due season, maintaining the the proper perspective, and lastly, how to recognize your due season. So I'm giving them a breakdown. So if I would have allowed them to take that out, 
here it is. How am I giving them a, a, a directive or how am I giving them an example or how am I leading them to go through these this the process and preparation and not get lost? And so sometimes even with publishing companies, um, they may say, well, no, this ain't da, 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 da. But here's my thing that I said to them that I'm not never going to deviate for what he gave me. If he spoke to me and said, this is what I want, because now what happens is now I've missed what he's trying to get to somebody else. And because I deviated from that, you mess up just like Tyler Perry said the other day when I was watching when Hollywood won, he said, I need this. When they said he couldn't talk about God and all of that, he said, well, you don't want me. You see what I'm saying? There's a difference if I say, you know, living the rich life and I'm trying to change your whole show, though you follow formats and you have this and that, but what he's giving you, somebody else is not going to hear because that's why I gave it to you. Exactly. I love it. Well said. Well said. How many hours a day do you write, Dr. Holmes? I mean, you got unpublished books. You got three books. You're constantly busy. I, I know that. You're here. You're there. How many hours a day do you write? It, it, now, it all depends. Um, if if I'm in that flow or if he's speaking, I'm like writing like everywhere I'm here. I got like stuff. I just write because when he gives it to me, I write it so I don't forget it. And then what I do, I'll type it. I'll save it. I'll, you know, make sure I put it in my notes. I'll put it in my journal. I'm making sure so I don't forget it. So when I do go back to put it in format, edit it and all of that, I have it. And so I don't miss the revelation or the knowledge or the wisdom that he gave me. And a lot of times we can miss it. And a lot of times I, I can I can know things verbatim or if he gives me a dream, I can remember my entire dream. However, uh, still with writing it down. But a lot of people, that's not the case for everybody. And so still, I always have a backup plan. Right, right, right. Makes sense. So, you know, as an author, you know, some every, everyone's always a critic. Matter of fact, not even just as an author. Right. Hey, well, you know, your show's this, your show's that. You know, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. You know, um, do you read book reviews? Do you read your book reviews? I do. And I always direct them to put a, a review. Just like matter of fact, uh, this book here has just been into the catalog for the Baltimore County Libraries. And one of the things was they wanted to see your reviews. Mm. But I have reviews and I always direct people because one you see it, you read it, but it also helps you even to become even a better writer or I could have missed something, but I want people's honest opinion. And, you know, so it can help me. Okay. Where do I need to tap in? What do I need to do here? You know what I mean? And so those reviews are helpful. And like I said, I had to attach it when they wanted it for the library. Okay. Now, so you you mentioned um, a few things there. So um, I've got a question from from the audience. How long, on average, does it take you to write a book? This I started this one. Normally, it now it depends. This one was a couple months. Um, when I co-authored one, it was eight because it was a, a collaboration. But we were on trainings, we were teaching, we were on conferences. Um, mine, when I did The Power of the Seed, I started um, in November and I was finished in April. Okay. Um, here, my next season is due season. Now, here's the thing with this. This was a three-year process. 
but then in the, the in between we had some things we were doing and then in between um my aunt who did my editing you know her husband passed who was our presiding prelate um but then not only that we had some other things in between yet I told people it was delayed on purpose for purpose, but yet still on schedule because it was in the timing and season of God that this was released. And while in a good place that we are, that we need to understand about the season we're in. So I look at it as when I started it to when I finished, yet and still it's still on schedule because I operated in the timing and season of God. Absolutely. You can't, you can't argue with that. <laughs> you, can, you cannot argue with that. Now, th this is a question that, we, we know that the team, when we were putting things together, how we should ask it. Um, and we wasn't going to ask that, you know, did you ever have writer's block? Do you believe in writer's block? I do. And I saw that question and I answered it because soon as they sent me, you know me, I'm always, I got to be organized. I'm, I'm writing, I'm reading. And the thing is, people do have it. One of the things for me is that, one, if I sit down and he's speaking or if I've prayed, and I'm just flowing. That's a lot of times why I just keep on is because it's while he's giving it, I'm writing it. And so a lot of times you can get writer's block because people are like, oh, my God, what's my title? Preparing for sermons. You know, it's like, oh, man, you get here and you're like, wow, what do I do next? So then you're, you're sitting here thinking, wow, I got to do this. I got to do that. So it does happen. It does happen. And it, 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 it's not been a lot for me. But it has because you're trying to make sure you are in sync of what you're doing. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Folks, we are talking to Dr. Eric L. Holmes here on Be Exposed Radio. This is Living a Rich Life talk show. And we are inspiring, informing, and encouraging folks to go out, purchase Dr. Holmes, his books, The Power of the Seed, his very new one, uh, My Next Season. Um, and tell us, Dr. Holmes, how can folks get a hold of you, um, some of your social media contacts, and order books, more importantly? Um, you can reach out to me on all the social media, Twitter, Dr. E, IG, Dr. E, underscore Holmes, underscore, Facebook, Eric Holmes. Um, you can go to the library. My books are in the library. So, and my information, email it, and that information is in there as well. Um, you can also reach out to me. Um, the books are on Amazon, but if you want to sign copy faster, you can always reach me and I'll definitely sign it. Make sure you get one. So, but I'm always on, um, any of the social media LinkedIn, which is a phenomenal one, which a lot of people need to know that it's a good professional one to be connected with LinkedIn. And so with all of the social media, you can reach me on all the social media platforms. Okay. So, uh, you know, sometimes you hear and you read somebody on my team through this and said, did you ever consider writing under a pseudonym? <laughs> Actually, no. I, I read that question yesterday and, and I, then I looked it up and I looked up the different definitions and I wanted to see what it had to say in different, you know, but for me, no. No, just, hey, I'm Dr. Eric Holmes. Yeah, they're going to know who I am. <laughs> well, well, not even that. It's that when I, when I look up, that from a different perspective and I always look at things from a different perspective, mm -hmm. get different ideas, or I always like to do research. This is why I say the right, you got to do the research. Okay. And even the one travel one I looked up as well, but everybody is different. And so, but I did look at it from another perspective, but that's just not for me. 
understand, understand. Um, what are some common traps for aspiring writers? What do you think are some common traps for writers? One of the number one things is um, they don't do research okay. and they're looking at, and I tell people this, don't chase money. Don't look at it from this. You're going to make all this money because that's a downfall already. It's a trap because if you market your product, if you got a good product, if you do it right, that'll come because as a billionaire told me, success doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time. Just show up every day. And we're too busy seeing that it's the money aspect, especially in our culture. We're looking at this, all of this, whether whatever your situation is, we're looking at this money aspect, you know, because my books are in the library and someone said, well, are you getting paid for that? Here's my thing I said to them. You missed the whole revelation of it. You missed the whole point. A lot of people do not get books in libraries. Here it is. Mine is, and I'll say from the power of the seed, is in 22 of Baltimore City, 19 of Baltimore County, 8 in Dauphin County. It's in Australia. It's in Mexico. It is in Mississippi and one of the largest book places there. Not only that, Westminster Carroll County Library. But here's my thing. If I'm not even here, somebody's reading. Mm -hmm. It's a legacy. It's an inheritance. And so... We look at the dollar sign. That's more than somebody can get more knowledge and inspiration and encouragement than just me basing it on a, a, a sale or looking right. at the fight. That will come. Right, 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 right. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, does does a big ego help or hurt writers? I'm not saying you have a big ego, but does a big ego help or hurt writers? It will hurt you. And let me look at it from this perspective. And it's a way people look at ego. Mm -hmm. um, when it's all about I and self, you're really headed for a destruction. Only because when people put those egos and it's all about them and they did it. And, you know, we, we say I, I, I. It goes beyond that because... Here's the thing, and I'll use for me, you know, when God speaks and gives it to me, I can't take no credit. I'm just a vessel that he's using. It's a privilege to be able that he speaks to me to give me what to do, what to write. And so a lot of times, you know, I don't even like people to read my bio, though I've earned all of my credit, my degrees, all of that. But to me, I always tell them I'm just an humble servant who say, yes, credentials, look at all of it. Yes, that's fine and dandy. But the more a humble servant, because the greatest among you shall be called servant. And when people forget that they are servants or to serve, here's the thing. Then they start getting here and it messes them up because now your integrity, your credibility and people are looking at you like, oh, oh, you've arrived. Not, now, there's a difference of being confident in what he gave you. Right. right. I'm confident because he gave it to me to do the assignment. But to have an ego, no, it, it, it definitely messes people up. Absolutely. So we talked about the writing, right? Are you are you an, uh, a reader? Are you a heavy reader? I do read. Yes. Okay. Now, what was the first book that made you cry? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, we snuck that one in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm trying to even think. Like, what was the first book? Wow, man. It was a lot of them. 
It that was that a lot that, of them, but definitely. Got you, that made that got you emotional. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Oh wow, I just oh, read something too, but I'm not sure of the first one. Um, but <laughs> well, you know, you know, we had to poke with you, Doctor Holmes. Yeah, that's good though, but it makes you think because it makes me go back and say, what was the first one? See, I always look at it from another perspective because now that what was that that I you know, and I'm gonna go back and research because I'm gonna find out which one it was. But yeah, <laughs> that, that is too funny. Um, as you as you know, uh, this being your second time on the show, the first time we was actually in the studio. Um, you know, we got to do stuff virtually now and, and until um, our owner or producer decides to get us back in there. Um, what's your superpower? I like to ask my guests that. I don't think I asked that last time. I asked you what living a rich life. We're going to keep away from that this time. What's your superpower, Dr. Holmes? My superpower is prayer because it really guides me and helps me. But even in all that I've been able to do, it gives me a revelation of where I need to, what I need to do and where I need to go. But it also keeps me in tune of the assignment that he's given, even in the writing, even in, in whether in the speaking arena, it helps me and it helps me stay focused. Nice. Okay. Okay. Now you mentioned a few things regarding research, right? So what kind of research do you do and how long do you spend researching before actually beginning a book, right? You get the word, you get the energy, right? But you mentioned research a couple of times. So I just wanted to piggyback on that. What kind of uh, research? One, when the libraries were open, I mean, they're opening back. Um, I was always in the library making sure I looked up different, whether it was the articles or, you know, um, even when you write. It just say mine is from an inspirational biblical standpoint as well. I got to make sure I use the King James Version because a lot of companies want to make sure it's one specific, you mm -hmm. know, the King James Version. Um, and then what am I writing about uh, when I'm dealing with the season? Well, I studied that when I did the power of the seed uh, uh, because I studied agriculture. I studied Jewish history for my doctorate. I studied the laws of the harvest. I studied seed time and harvest. So, and from even from that whole Jewish standpoint, and even from the calendars, and even from the agriculture of the farmer, from the natural, and then to the believer and the spiritual. So, the word is, is so different research. So, you can actually tie everything in together, but yet you're seeing it from the different perspectives, but from different wisdom, knowledge, research. And so, I use a lot of different. Um, research to make sure when I'm tying it all together, I got a good product at the end. Absolutely. 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 And definitely have a good product again with the power of the seed. Um, we're going to talk about the next season on how I can get a copy of that. Um, is there anything you want to share with our audience and viewers um, before we close it out? Yes. One of the things in which you just let me know, we can connect and um, I'll sign one for you get it, you know, well, you already know, Dr. Holmes, you don't just sign. I, I need inspiring words. You already know how I... Oh, you know I'm going to sign it. You, and it, this is the one thing. One of the things is I never just say, well, thank you. I literally have to pray in what I'm writing to people because I wanted one to leave what he's given me. And I don't just... Any books that I sign, I literally carefully sit down and write out what I'm writing. And so I think that's very important because a lot of times... 
Um, so many times people say, well, thank you or sign their name. And to me, that's not to me real personable because right. one, I'm supportive of what you have, but yet and still, and, and I know how, you know, everybody's different, but for me, I literally sit down because I remember signing um, like 40 books sitting at the table, literally each one. And no, none of them had the same information that I signed. Right. Absolutely. But I carefully do that. And so, yeah, I, it, it's very important. But I want to leave to say this. And I, I, I say this. I teach it in the Life Coach School of Arkansas, you know, in a lot of sessions as well. Don't let your visions and dreams die. And don't allow others to cause them to die. Keep dreaming big. A dream is only as big as you can see it. One, he gave it to you. People may not understand your vision. They may not understand your dreams, but it does not matter how long it's been. Just know that you, if you endure it, that if you keep on, just don't let it die and don't allow others to cause it to die. Mm. Keep pushing, keep pressing. And just like the eagle soar through the storm, what they do, they go through the storm, then they rise above it. So when this season rise, go back, revisit the dream, the goals, the, the promise, go back, revisit the, the, the vision board, go back and then stop, process and think. Take that pivotal moment and then move forward. Don't think that it's been, even if it may take a while, guess what? As long as you're in movement, you're going to get to the finish line and just look at it like this. I'm closer to the finish line than the starting line. It's not how fast I run, but that I endure. And it's not how I start but it's how I finish. And I'll leave with this illustration that's in the power of the sea with the rabbit and the turtle. It wasn't how fast he was going. He just kept on going. You got to stay in your lane, work the lane that you have, stay focused, stay focused on the finish line. Don't get distracted because somebody starts out ahead of you or who's faster than you. That rabbit didn't get, that turtle didn't get distracted. Guess what? He stayed in his lane. He kept on going. The rabbit took a break. Guess what? He, the turtle crossed the finish line. So it's not how fast, it's that you always in movement right. and that you endure. The scripture tells us that race is not given to the swift nor the battle to the strong, but he who endures to the end. Here's the key. And that's in my next book. It's all about endurance. Just endure. Amen. Amen. So I do want you to stick around as we give uh, Living a Rich Life closing remarks. This is something that we do um, here on Living a Rich Life. So with that being said, we're going to get into it. Um, we all make mistakes. However, how we handle, address, and adjust is critical. Change behavior is the best apology. Your mistakes don't define you. Let your change behavior do that for you. So I do want to say thank you to our first guest, Chico Suave. Thank you to our feature guest, Dr. Eric L. Holmes, for sharing your stories and your inspiration today. Um, it was it was great conversation. Again, folks. It's a win-win situation. I ask you, I implore you, you know, when you see Chico Suave, his pop-up shops, the Cigar Bana, have a conversation with him. Great guy, whether you try a cigar or not. I implore you, I encourage you to um, reach out to Dr. Holmes, read some of his materials. Um, the Power of the Seed, I can co-sign on this. I read it twice. It's, it's, again, it's, I read it twice. And I'm looking forward to getting the next season. So until next week, stay focused, continue to be inspired to live a rich life. Once again, I'm your host, Rich James, saying good night. Thank you for tuning in. This is BeExposedRadio.com. 
See you next week.